This episode is brought to you by Podcast Assist, offering voiceovers, audio editing and mastering, transcriptions and show notes, episode summaries, and even hosting a podcast on a topic important to you. Visit Facebook.com slash Podcast Assist for more info on their flat $30 per hour rate. Subscribe with iTunes, Audio Boom, Stitcher, or your favorite podcasting app. And if you enjoy what you hear, like us on Facebook. Also, consider throwing a little cash our way by visiting patreon.com slash koreafm. And find more of our great content on our home on the web, koreafm.net. It's no secret that South Korea has an obsession with fried chicken and beer. But an article from Canadian expat and vice writer Dave Hazan brings the phenomenon into focus by calling South Koreans the undisputed Asian masters of chicken. Can you talk about why that's the case? And then when it comes down to numbers, how much chicken does an average Korean actually eat? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I think that the, obviously that's a subjective term, the masters of chicken. But in my opinion, at least, I think nobody, at least on this continent, does chicken better than Koreans. Um, Between the takalbi, the bulldog, um, the chicken feet, the um, sangatang, and the fried chicken, and then with the myriad other dishes that I'm totally forgetting, um, I think they're absolutely top when it comes to uh, when it comes to chicken. As for how many birds they actually go through, according to the uh, poultry site, which is an industry site, the average Korean will eat 12 chickens per year. It's about 600 million birds for the whole country. Here in South Korea, as you just mentioned, there are lots of different options for chicken. But um, what we're talking about really involves a hof. How many hofs are there here in South Korea? And when you look at them as an industry, how much money does this account for in yearly revenue? Right. Yeah, we're talking about chimak. Chimak is obviously the combination of chicken in English and mekju in uh, Korean. Uh, chimak somewhere around the line. We're not exactly sure when, but probably around the seventies just became a really popular, uh, snack drinking, uh, combination for Koreans where you get the fried chicken and the beer and, um, the fried chicken can be, uh, just dipped in salt. It can be uh, brushed with the yang yum sauce. It can be prepared in different ways, but it's essentially it's fried chicken and beer. And this has become like the combination and you eat them at these chicken hoffs. The info I got from 2014 says that there are 280 franchises. Okay, so franchise businesses like you know like McDonald's or something. Um, so that's where you got your Kyochon chicken, uh, the old Pelicana chicken, uh, people like that. So there's 280 franchises, and that doesn't include all the individually owned um, places. And the understanding is that it represents about five trillion won in uh, revenue every year. And so obviously, as an American and yourself, um, a Canadian, so, you know, North American, both of us, we're familiar with chicken and we're familiar with beer. But here in South Korea, the combination is definitely much more prevalent than anything I'd imagine back home. But when it comes to the chicken itself, how does Korean fried chicken compare with, you know, either American or what you have up in Canada or just anywhere else that you might find uh, in the rest of the world? Korean fried chicken's a little different. Yeah, Korean fried chicken's definitely different. It's... um the fried chicken back home is really defined by its skin, I think. Uh, it's a much thicker skin. It's more knobbly, knobby. Uh, it's been rolled around in um, either breadcrumbs or uh, flour. Uh, lots of it, usually. So really thick batter usually goes on it. Here, the skin is much more papery. It's much thinner. Um, so that's probably the key difference. It's double fried here. And uh, a big difference is uh, the chickens here are just different. 
but I call them the chickens have been bred so that they're really top heavy um, because uh, Americans in particular like the breast meat, whereas here they're uh, more what our parents or grandparents' chickens would have looked like. Um, so they eat the whole bird. The Koreans do know what a uh, what American fried chicken's like because you get it at KFC or Popeyes. Um, so they're familiar with the difference. And then another big difference, of course, is the Chimek, is that back home, when you go to KFC or Popeyes, they don't serve beer. Um, whereas here, that's an important combination. And so when you sit down at one of these Hoffs, you know, about roughly how much does a chicken meal cost and, and how is it served? It's not just the chicken. There, there are a few other items as well. Yeah, so it's uh, between 10 and 20,000 won for chicken. 10 is really on the cheap side. You'll be lucky if you find that anymore. Uh, 20s, maybe a bit much, um, but somewhere in between there. So you order by the bird, right? Uh, generally, um, you order by the bird. So you're going to get the breast meat. You're going to get the two wings, the two legs, and even the gizzards and the rest of that. You don't get the head. Um, and then uh, you order the often pitchers of beer. You can either get the Obeg CC, 500 milliliters of uh, beer, or you can get the Ichon 2000 or Samchon 3000 CC pitchers. And some places will actually have the towers of beer where you get them for 5,000 5, CC and it comes with a spout. And uh, then for a side dish, the most common one is mu, which is uh, white pickled radish that's been cubed. Um, some places will have kimchi. Uh, some places will have uh, a different side dish. But almost all of them will have the mu. And you mentioned in your Vice article that foreigners are also enjoying Korean chicken and beer. You and I are both foreigners living here in Seoul. Um, we have, you know, undoubtedly been out many times with other foreigners and, and also, you know, at least for myself, with Koreans as well. Um, and I find that if a friend is visiting me, I will take them to enjoy Korean chicken and beer as well. Uh, could you talk about how the foreigners not only living here, but also people will come to South Korea to try the Korean chicken and beer? Yeah, I mean, my friend's dad came, and he was uh, absolutely thrilled that there was a place that served only chicken and beer. I mean, he thought this was the greatest thing that he'd ever heard of. Um, I mean, fried chicken, for Americans at least, is extremely, it's a home-style dish. It's not that di different out here. I mean, it, like I said, it, there are some differences. But uh, they seem to be, uh, foreigners seem to really, really like it. And it's something that everyone enjoys. You know, not every, well, at least almost everyone enjoys. Uh, not everyone likes kimchi. Not everyone likes uh some of the more exotic Korean dishes, but along with the barbecue, I think this is one that virtually everyone enjoys. So they seem to get really into it. And if you don't drink soju, as a lot of foreigners don't like it, uh, then you've got the beer. And you specifically mentioned in your Vice article, some kind of large Chinese group that came out and they just had to have tables. It was a large amount of people just to eat chicken and beer. This is a fascinating thing that's happened in China. It's, a, it's absolutely fascinating. I was just in China last week or two weeks ago, and uh, I discussed this with some people down there. There's a Korean drama called My Love from the Star about an alien who falls in love with a uh, woman. And the woman's favorite food is chicken and beer. And this drama, they've gone absolutely ape for it in China. They've downloaded it two billion times. Everybody seems to know it. And as a result... Korean chicken and beer, what they'll actually call KFC, Korean fried chicken, has become enormous. And there have been one makeup company had an incentive program where they brought over 4,500 Chinese employees to eat chicken and drink. I'm sure they did other things as well, but they went to Incheon and 4,500 Chinese tourists ate chicken and beer together. 
and this is almost exclusively because of this uh, TV show. Um, it's uh, it's mad. When I was there, I would ask people about it. And even those who hadn't seen the show absolutely knew about the chicken and beer, uh, Korean chicken and beer phenomenon. And to make it so that this isn't just like a straight propaganda piece, I also want to focus on you kind of talked about the reality of chicken hoffs not being glamorous as the lives of, you know, the television characters in that soap you just mentioned. So what are some of the downsides of owning or running a hoff here in Korea? I know that a lot of people get into it. They don't last. And there's just tons of competition. Yeah, well, if anyone wants to see the real Korea, they don't want to watch the soap operas. Um, I think that uh, running a chicken hoff is tough. And what I learned speaking to a lot of people here was that um, they tend to get into it because they think it's easy. All you're doing is dumping, dunking chicken into, bat, into hot oil. There's tons of them. And as we know in Korea, there's something of a culture of copying. The uh, Chodos syndrome, I'll do it too. Um, but the problem is you get a glut of these places and it's a sad reality that in Korea, a lot of men are laid off from their companies in their forties and fifties. Um, they still got a long time to live and they don't really have enough money, um, to retire. So they're, uh, opening chicken hoffs. Uh, Kuseun in his Hell Joseon article described it as kind of the worst business you can open because everyone's doing it. Many of them make money, but not all of them do. In fact, most of them don't. And they end up closing. And anyone who do, does run a chicken hoff, they're going to be working seven days a week, 12, 13, 14, up to 16, 17 hours a day. I mean, it is not a glamorous life. It's not a particularly happy life. It is tough running a chicken hoff. That being the case, final question here. Um, it sounded like from your Vice article that even that being the case, the future does look generally bright for chicken hoffs here in Korea. Well, I mean, it's impossible to say what um, businesses will succeed in the future, what happened or what the trends are going to happen. Um, certainly the uh, poultry industry expects more because of the uh, in the short term, this summer, we've got the Olympic Games coming up and uh, Koreans generally uh, enjoy eating chimek while they watch uh, sports competitions. So you can look forward to lots of that, um, especially if Korea makes it to a lot of gold medal matches. Otherwise, they, uh, they expect it to go up. Um, people expect it to continue, but uh, whether or not it will one day be replaced by something more fashionable or something else uh, has yet to be seen. I would add, though, that um, something that didn't get into my article but I think is uh, interesting to note is that a lot of places are innovating. They're bringing in braised chicken and uh, baked chicken for people who are more health conscious. Some places have even introduced a gluten-free batter to go on the chicken, and some are introducing craft beer instead of the regular um, OB or CAS. So that's interesting. That might uh, change things. To find out more about the reality of running a fried chicken and beer business here in South Korea, I spoke with an American expat who has become familiar with the ins and outs of chicken hoffs. My name is Adam Rosenthal. I came to Korea originally looking for a change of pace and a little adventure and to travel the world. And... Shortly after coming to Korea, I met my beautiful wife, and when I joined the family, I also joined into the uh, the business of chicken. My in-laws have been running chicken hoffs for quite some time, and their current one is in Bekma in Ilsan. It's called Fusion Sulsan. I don't know that there are too many of them. I, I think that certainly the market has shown that there there is... Uh, 
you know, there's viability in it. But I, I think my main piece of advice for anybody looking to get into that business would be to first, you know, decide exactly why. I've learned that people in that industry work incredibly hard. That's the first thing I've learned. And I could not be more in awe of the work ethic that they have. Um, they work seven days a week. Um, they work incredibly long hours. And, you know, I think I can count on one hand the number of times they've closed the shop for a day. And, and that includes my wedding. Um, so, you know, it is, it is a very hardworking industry in a, in a very hardworking country. Um, so even more so. The second thing I've learned is that it's competitive and your customers are fiercely loyal. If you earn their loyalty, they will stay with you. And that, that's kind of a nice thing. For KoreaFM.net, I'm Chance Dorland. This episode is brought to you by Podcast Assist, offering voiceovers, audio editing and mastering, transcriptions and show notes, episode summaries, and even hosting a podcast on a topic important to you. Visit Facebook.com slash Podcast Assist for more info on their flat $30 per hour rate. Talk radio, music, and podcasts from the Korean Peninsula. KoreaFM.net.